group photo of Antichrist and his fellow globalist fiends in the Council for Inclusive Capitalism with the Vatican. Yes, that's really the name of this group. Note, to Pope Francis write as Lynn Forrester de Rothschild, heiress of the Rothschild central banking dynasty, Mark Carney, former head of the Bank of Canada and the Bank of England, and Brian Moynihan, chairman of the board and CEO of Bank of America, one of America's, and one of the world's, largest financial institutions. And no wonder. For Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. 2 Corinthians 11:14. If you were to ask people what ESG is, odds are you'd get a blank stare. On the other hand, if you were to ask people about the Bud Light ad campaign featuring transgender woman Dylan Mulvaney, there's probably a better chance they'd know what you're talking about. ESG is short for environmental, social, and governance investing. According to Investopedia, ESG investing refers to a set of standards for a company's behavior used by socially conscious investors to screen potential investments. Put differently, ESG is the investing philosophy pushing companies to pursue wokeness over profitability and is the theory of which Bud Light's transgender ad campaign is the practice. The Dylan Mulvaney ad campaign, at least according to some American conservatives, has backfired on Anheuser-Busch, leading to a boycott of the brand, a drop in the parent company's stock, and falling sales. Supporting the notion that the ad campaign has angered many customers is the report that the VP of marketing who headed the ad campaign has taken a leave of absence. Worth noting is that this is not Anheuser-Busch's first foray into woke advertising. In 2016, the company ran an ad celebrating homosexual marriages for Gay Pride Month, a time of year formerly known as June, but in recent years has become a sodomite bacchanalia. There are other examples of woke advertising. A few years back, Gillette ran an ad campaign that took aim at its customer base, men. I can't speak for others, but I switched from using Gillette products and will never go back. Doubtless, other examples of woke advertising can be found. What is remarkable about them, at least the examples cited above, is that they seem to contradict every assumption we have about the purpose of advertising. If advertising is about getting people to like and to purchase your product, how does insulting your customer base help achieve that end? It hardly seems like what we would expect in a capitalist system. ESG and the Vatican Connection The answer to this question, how insulting your customer base leads to growing your brand, seems to be that it doesn't. These ad campaigns seem to have another goal entirely. And that goal is about pushing a social agenda, not about driving sales. The anti-capitalistic nature of these woke ad campaigns is surprising, shocking really. But when one considers where ESG comes from, the mystery is cleared up. According to a recent article published by Berean Beacon, ESG is an investment strategy that has emerged from Pope Francis's environmental encyclical Laudato Si. Put a bit differently, ESG is the investment strategy of Antichrist and is the hidden driver behind counterintuitive, anti-capitalistic ad campaigns such as the one from Bud Light that have angered so many people. But the Vatican's involvement in ESG is deeper than merely one papal encyclical. As Berean Beacon's piece goes on to explain, in 2020 an organization was formed called Council for Inclusive Capitalism with the Vatican. I have to admit that I actually did laugh out loud the first time I heard of this organization shortly after it was founded back in 2020. Not because I didn't take it seriously. Anything involving the system of Antichrist known as the Roman Catholic Church must be taken seriously. I laughed because it was so obviously such an in-your-face and evil conspiracy that it struck me as both cartoonish and buffoonish. It's as if every megalomaniac nut job bond villain and Dr. Evil wannabe got together with Antichrist to form some sort of specter-like organization that manages to be at the same time laughably absurd, grotesque, and incredibly dangerous. You could almost hear them cacking together with evil laughter and saying in unison and will rule the world, boah ha 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 ha. 
One thing about conspiracies that's worth mentioning, they're not nearly as hard to spot as many people think. It seems as if some people are of the opinion that to suss out a conspiracy, you have to go on some convoluted hunt for clues as if you're in some Da Vinci Code movie. It's not like that at all. In fact, the biggest, most dangerous conspiracy of all can be found with a storefront probably and right in your own neighborhood. I'm referring to the Roman Catholic Church state. This is the system of Antichrist. Everything Rome does and says confirms this. But people, even those who claim to believe the Bible, have lost any sense of who Antichrist truly is. It was the Reformation that tagged the office of the papacy as the biblical Antichrist, and unequivocal language stating this was included in the 1647 Westminster Confession of Faith. But Presbyterians and other Protestant groups have long abandoned this important Reformation doctrine and embraced Jesuit eschatology in its place. Once we understand the origin of the philosophy behind ESG ad campaigns, it should not surprise us that they are openly hostile to the core customers of the various businesses that sponsor them. There is no organization on earth that is more hostile to free market economics and limited government than the Roman Catholic Church state. As John Robbins noted in his book Ecclesiastical Megalomania, the economic and political thought of the Roman Catholic Church, the level of hostility Rome has systematically exhibited toward capitalism and freedom was a surprise even to him. In Berean Beacon's article Who Stokes the Woke mentioned above, the author makes an important point by distinguishing the traditional, biblical shareholder capitalism and the woke, ESG form of capitalism, which really isn't capitalism at all, called stakeholder capitalism. As the article explains, historically a business had to earn the trust of shareholders and the loyalty of customers in order to be successful. In other words, in biblical capitalism, a system of private property in which individuals and organizations can own and use all sorts of property, the goals of the business's owners, the shareholders, and its customers were aligned. A company would sell a quality product that people wanted at an affordable price, and people would buy it, driving sales. The company shareholders received what they wanted, profits and the customers received the item they wanted. It was a win-win for everyone. But stakeholder capitalism is something different. As the Berean Beacon article notes, stakeholder capitalism, has no concern for return on investment. It seems as though there is a purposeful intent to destroy what remains of our Christian culture. Yes, that does seem to be the case. Businesses have been pushing woke social agendas since before the term was coined. In his article Rebuilding American Freedom in the 21st Century Dating from 1996, John Robbins noted how American businesses were working to subvert civilization and freedom. In this article, Robbins cites the example of IBM which was in the habit of sending its middle managers to its Armonk, New York headquarters where they would be berated by a militant homosexual named Ted Chiles. If this was going on in 1996, one can only wonder at the spiritual poison that's being doled out there today in 2023. Having been subjected to more than a few corporate HR brainwashing videos myself, I can have some ideas can many readers. But one may ask, how can stakeholder capitalism expect to succeed if it has little or no regard for profits? After all, there's that saying, get woke, go broke. How can Bud Light or Gillette or these other woke companies hope to survive if they ignore one of the most basic concepts in capitalism, return on investment? Berean Beacon's article explains this apparent contradiction thus, monetary losses are irrelevant as the underpinning of woke corporations will be unlimited financial bailouts using fiat currency. Take a look at the picture at the top of this post. Naturally, Pope Francis is in the middle. But note well who is standing at Francis' right hand. You may not recognize her, but her name is Lynn Forrester de Rothschild, whom Berean Beacon's article notes is co-founder of the council and heir of the legendary Rothschild banking dynasty. The Rothschilds are the kings of central banking and the fraudulent, debt-based fiat currency issued by the central banks. They are the money printers of all money printers. 
And when the kings of money printing and corporate bailouts have your back, you can easily say, profits, we don't need no stinking profits. To Lynn Forrester de Rothschild's right is Mark Carney, former governor of the Bank of Canada and the Bank of England. To Carney's right is Brian Moynihan, the chairman of the board and CEO of Bank of America. Ask yourself, is it any accident that some of the world's most powerful purveyors of fraudulent fiat currency, central banking, and debt are standing at Pope Francis' right hand? Of course not. And these are some of the same people driving ESG. The danger we're facing. In the opinion of this author, the vast majority of Christians in putatively Bible-believing churches have no idea of the clear and present dangers we all are facing in the papal antichrist. And they don't know, because they are not taught. It was in 1902 that the Presbyterians removed the language about the papal antichrist from the Westminster Confession. This blinded not only Presbyterians to the dangers of Antichrist but all Protestants in all denominations. How can we fight the papal Antichrist if we don't even recognize him for what he is? We can't. Today, Antichrist has been given free reign to deceive the nations of the world with his extraordinary lies and almost no man sees it for what it is, a satanic attack on the nations of the world. And the Council for Inclusive Capitalism and its push for ESG are only one facet of Antichrist's attack on economic and political liberty. What are Christians to do? For starters, understand that Antichrist is the office of the papacy. A good place to start is the Westminster Confession of Faith 25.6. All popes, not just the present one, occupy the office of Antichrist. And knowing who Antichrist is, pray against him. As Charles Spurgeon said, it is the bounden duty of every Christian to pray against Antichrist. If we are to have any chance of effectively fighting back against the fast-falling tyrannical darkness surrounding us, it is imperative that Christians understand that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It is the devil who gives his power to Antichrist. This is spiritual warfare. Mere political campaigns are insufficient. Even unbelievers recognize this. I just watched a five-minute rant from Mormon Glenn Beck who is beside himself and fed up that all the work in exposing the corruption and lies has no effect. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody goes bankrupt. Nothing happens. Beck's right. It seems as if all the expositions by all the independent journalists make no difference at all. It's as if we're trying to take out a heavily armored main battle tank with a BB gun. We can score direct hit after direct hit, but our BBs just bounce off and the tank keeps rolling. We need a higher caliber weapon. We need a bigger stick. And there is only one weapon with a high enough caliber to penetrate Antichrist's armor. There is only one stick big enough to knock him out. And that is the sword of the Word of God. May the Lord grant His people ears to hear what the Spirit says to the churches.